0: Welcome to the Inspiring Sustainability podcast and live uh, recording with Neil Gort, who is here today, uh, just having flown in from Sydney, uh, because uh, he's been on a world tour, actually, of 15 countries, uh, promoting his new book, uh, which is called Core. And what's fascinating about this is he's identified the single organising idea of uh, the best and most admired businesses globally. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what today we're going to be talking about in this uh, podcast and uh, live Periscope recording is about what's what's really at the core of his book. Um, because what is interesting for me is that uh, Neil's talking about how uh, businesses are being responsible and delivering on things such as the SDGs uh, sustainable development goals. And so, what he's going to give us is uh, how businesses can do that. Um, not so much looking at the why this is important. I think most people know why this is important. Um, and then he's going to also tell us maybe a little bit of a story because it's actually the first section of the book. He's a story. And then finally, also maybe the story of what's how his uh, world tour has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, tell us, uh, th- tell us how was Sydney then?
1: No, no, it was, a, it was a bit warmer than it is here. I can imagine. So, yeah, exactly. No, it was great. It's been really good. And the whole, uh, since the launch of the book, has, has been really fascinating and, and interesting. So uh, I think um, what's sort of happened over the last three months have been a sort of evolution of the book, yeah. in a sense. And so those countries that we visited... Um, have really helped in um, uncovering some insights beyond the book, which was the whole point. So one of the things that we... You you know, the tour wasn't a normal tour. So I have done talks, uh, and I've been on the kind of speaker circuit, if you like. But actually, we did something quite different. We set up these things called the core dinner debates, Mm -hmm. sometimes they're at lunchtime, but most of them were dinner time in the evening. And uh, we invited... Uh, a group of up to twenty people to come for dinner people from business from NGOs yeah. sustainability experts people from academia the media to debate why businesses can't have at their very core a strategy that benefits both society and them from a from a, an economic commercial point of view mm. and why is it that most businesses opt doing something on the side through CSR, uh-huh. sustainability, sort of exercises or volunteerism or philanthropy or charity or whatever it might be. Why is it not core? And, and why is it not core given the fact that, you know, the planet's in trouble? Given the fact that we have the kind of inequality that we have? All of those kinds of questions. Why is it a that businesses can't change? <laughs> and so we went out to challenge people to ask us and it's been fascinating.
0: So um, what kind of inspired you in the first place to start
1: start writing? Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so we were talking about that earlier, weren't we? I, 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 didn't, I didn't sit down and sort of say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book. I, I think it was something that evolved. Um, and way back um, when I, I graduated from... Uh, University in design. I was a graphic designer. I went to London College of Printing and I uh, founded a design business in, in, in London, in Chelsea. I had that for 10 years. And then I went to work for WPP. I, I sold the business, I went to work for WPP. And I kind of learnt an awful lot at WPP. I'd already had a business for a long time, I knew quite a bit and I'd been doing all the work in brand. I went to WPP which uh, WPP, their largest uh, branding consultancy was called Enterprise IG. And I worked on these huge programs for people like Merrill Lynch, Standard Chartered Bank, De Beers, Mm. Scottish Power. And I really learned about the power of brand, Mm. you know, and how it can shift people and influence people. And I think, and that was, you know, between 1999 and 2002. 2003 when I eventually got Made Redundant. But I'd taken all that sort of design thinking knowledge that I had, mm-hmm. strategy thinking, and then I had this stuff. And then I, uh, I got Made Redundant. It was a dot-com bubble burst. Mm-hmm. I got Made Redundant. I went down to New Zealand for seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and in New Zealand, um, I worked for myself most of the time. I worked for uh, lots of New Zealand's leading businesses and government and all sorts of organisations and NGOs. And I really sort of started to think about how you could um, have the, you know, the power of brand, if you like, but also its potential to influence people. Mm. And just by accident, I started working with more and more with NGOs and human rights organisations. And it sort of evolved from there. And then the book, if you like, was that thinking, was actually starting to write that down. Mm. Yeah. That's how it works. So it's just kind of like something that's evolved
0: over time and yeah. brought it all out.
1: Yeah. There's this horrible moment where you realise that you are actually writing a book. <laughs> that makes sense. You're kind of, you know, you, I think you're writing things down, you're writing down ideas. And then you suddenly realise that actually you are starting to plan things out and how things might work okay. and how you, tell, how, how you can tell that story. And I, I was very determined not to write a business book, if that makes yeah. sense. I really wanted to avoid writing a business book because I actually, I actually think that change is in the gift of, of leaders and actually that's been one of the big insights is that only leaders can decide to do this or you know, to change for good, actually. Yeah. But, but that what influences them is, other, is others yeah. Yeah? And, and situations, if you like. So I needed to make that book very accessible and that's why I wrote it in the way that I did, uh, you know, in the three parts that I did. Yeah. So the three parts are: there's the
0: story, there's the why, and then there's the how. That's right. And it sounds like you kind of what you're most passionate about is, in a sense, the story to involve people, engage them, and yeah. then the how. Yeah. Uh, so uh, without kind of giving away uh, too many spoilers,
1: yeah, uh, can you tell us a bit about the story? Yeah. So you, that's that's brilliant because you know there's the potential for a spoiler. So what it, what we did is, uh, and I say what we did because I, I you know. You don't write a book on your own. I mean, some people clearly do write books on their own, but I, I wrote. You know, I, I, you know, I'm a bit of a magpie. I kind of pull things from, and I've, met, I, I've been amazingly fortunate in my career. I've, I've met huge amounts of people. I've travelled the world through my work and all that kind of stuff, and I pull sort of ideas. and I've met all these really interesting characters on the way, mm. and I wanted to take these characters and bring them into a story. Mm. And the story is about these ten characters. Um, who are interacting with each other in today's world. And uh, we have the the old world, I'll try not to give too much away, but, but basically there's an, an old world scenario where the CEOs of five energy businesses in Europe are, are in, they're in a committee room in the European mm. uh, uh, Parliament. And they're being cross-examined because in this fictional story, uh, this little old lady's died as a result of this appalling winter that we've had. Uh, that we've had in this fictional winter, and there's a lady called Kirsty Vork, and she's cross-examining these five CEOs. They're all men. Mm. They're all white. They're all in their uh, late fifties, early sixties. Stereotypes throughout this whole story, and she's and she's saying to them, "How can this be happening? You know, in the twenty first century." Uh, and and these guys are basically doing what you see all the time, hiding behind either their brands or their uh, corporate social responsibility record, mm. say, "Well, you know, we're doing this great stuff and this great stuff." And she said, "Yeah, but fundamentally, at the end of the day, people are dying because of the way that you're running your businesses. Mm. Yeah, so you're not running businesses for good." And what connects this old world, what I call the kind of old world with the new world, is a tweet. Okay. One of these CEOs uh, sends a tweet to uh, the communications advisor that's sat behind him in this room. But that tweet doesn't go to her. It goes worldwide. Right. And it connects a new world thing happening where there's a young, black, Rwandan, heavy, heavy stereotypes, uh, woman who's turning up. She's from Rwanda. She's turning up in Addis Ababa, To see a TED style debate Mm -hmm. with a character who's on a stage who's been beamed in from California, talking about single organizing idea Mm -hmm. and talking about how his businesses, yeah, and his group of businesses all work on this principle of being a force for good. Actually, really being about in a way that company uh, B companies are that it's about all stakeholders and it's not a small group of shareholders. That that's not what they're around. and and there's this two the dynamic of these two mm. things going on, and that's the story. And then there is a twist. Very um, okay, okay. good. Right. So not want to give that one. No, 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 no. No. People will be yeah. flaming so. But what, why I did it is because people can identify with it. And and here's the big thing, you know, I wanted to humanize business. I wanted I wanted people to understand that these CEOs, you know, they're not they're not bad people. Mm. Yeah, it is kind of they're humans, and they're and they're working within the system. Mm. And, and that's why I did the story at the beginning. That's great. And
0: so what I'm interested in, see is that uh, you've obviously... You give the story, you give the why and the how. Yeah. But um, what is a single organising idea yeah. uh, in summary?
1: Yeah, okay. So just to fill up a little bit in. So the story helps uh, describe some of the whys. And, you know, I go through these five different things about capitalism's changing, you know, becoming values-led versus numbers-led mm-hmm. style thing. I uh, talk about uh, the waning of CSR, mm-hmm. I think brand versus reputation, mm-hmm. and then I talk about technology as well, and all those things that are happening. The, the last bit is the practical part, and the most important part, which is the how. And the how is this single organising idea. And I, I describe it like this. It is a management tool. It's a strategic management tool. Mm-hmm. It's not like a purpose, It's not a purpose statement, Mm. yeah? It's not a statement of intent. It's not saying, hey, you've got a purpose. That's very nice. This is a tool. Three parts to it. The single part is uh, the S, if you like, of SOI, is taking your social purpose and economic purpose and tying those two things together into one thing, Yeah. yeah? into a single thing. The O, organising, is the bit that says you take that, and you organise your entire business around it. Yeah. So it's like almost you could say instead of organising, and I, I, I did think about we were talking about doing this. Is that you could almost look at it like an operating system. Right? Okay. So it's an organising system. So you could actually look at a business and say, oh, those guys have generation one organisation. You know, mm-hmm. they've gone beyond CSR. They've got kind of got a core strategy there. I can see where they're at. So you could look at Unilever, for instance, to say the Sustainable Living Plan is an organizing; they're organising themselves around it. Mm. Yeah? So you can actually look at different businesses or different generations of being organised around things. I think, and then the final bit is the idea, the eye for mm-hmm. Idea. Mm-hmm. That is the idea. And that's the storytelling bit. You know, that is the communication bit. That is the, what is the idea? What is so compelling and relevant and important about this that I want to be part of this mm-hmm. thing? So that's what ties the whole thing together. But this is the crucial thing. It is a tool. You know, you can run a business off it. Mm. And, that, and that's, you know, I talk about that through case studies and things in the book. So when you say case studies, you mean case studies of organisations that effectively are using the SOI. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you give us one then? Yeah. So, um, you know, a good example of one is uh, the second largest uh, infrastructure and construction business in New Zealand. Is called uh, Hawkins, Mm -hmm. and they uh, when we uh, when I started working with them, uh, they would just describe themselves as uh, builders. You know, we're just a construction firm, like any other construction firm. Very proud to be a construction firm. You know, very male dominated, all those kinds of things. Their world was changing, as everybody's world is changing. And so I had a CEO who was uh, very forward thinking. Uh, He invited me along. Uh, we went through the process as I describe it in the book, and we came up with a single organizing idea around building better communities. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's what they're in the business of doing: yeah? building better communities. They're not just builders; they're building communities. A few. And when you looked at it through that lens, mm-hmm. and how that affects the entire business, mm-hmm. everything they do—from the way that they recruit people, you know, the kinds of people, the kinds of projects that they'll do, and the projects that they won't do. They, they, this organisation works right around the world. They're not just based in—I mean, the New Zealand but they work all around the world. You know, their relationships with with communities overseas, how they uh, employ local community, well, the whole way, the whole dynamic of the business changed and what mm. they were about. Uh, still a business about you know making profit at the same time, but the, but the ethos had changed at its very core.
0: Interesting. So. Um, <clears throat> so that's uh, you've got you've got a good uh, what and like that they're, 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 they're how they're getting around that. So uh, give us a few because I know you said that that's there's there's a lot of literature out there on the whys, but just yeah. just for uh, completeness' sake, a few more whys that you would choose to have a single organizing idea.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you know business. Christmas- like never before, is under enormous pressure to change. Mm. It it just is. You know, I was reading something yesterday about uh, CEOs being asked almost to be activists. You know, they, the business leaders now have this there's, there's this um, huge pressure on them to have a political view and a social view. Mm. You know, businesses are really important. Business, uh, you know, one can argue a lot that uh, they they've been the cause of all sorts of. You know, problems, and they are the cause of all sorts of problems, but they are also the solution. Mm. And if you look at governments and NGOs and businesses together, the the potential for business to make a a, a difference in the world, to make the mm. world a better place, is infinitely greater than the than the other two. Actually, mm. yeah, they have far better reach and influence and all those kinds of things. But the, the the so that's part of it. But the the other part of it is this: is that people know that there are issues you know everybody watched blue planet at the weekend mm. yeah we know there are substantial issues in the world three weeks ago I uh, you know I picked up uh, the, uh, the paper or I looked at it online and pick up papers mm. you know and you, and you say the Solomon Islands you know two they've lost two of their islands gone underwater we have big problems you know we have big equality issues and businesses uh are being put more and more under the spotlight to be able to help solve these problems, and it, and the reason why they would want to do that is because it's this informed great consumers are not totally informed yet, but they're becoming more and more informed, mm-hmm. and that is building pressure. Shareholders are becoming more and more informed, investors. Are more and more informed, and more looking out to the future. Am I backing a winner here? And my belief is this: is that those businesses that have that are sustainable economically and in the sort of traditional sense of sustainability are the ones that will be around in the long term. Those that ignore it and put their heads in the sand and say this will all go away are wrong. Mm. And the whole Trump thing, you know, and Brexit, and all these kinds of things is huge negativity that there seems to be Actually, for me, it's a catalyst. It's actually you know, changing things quicker, yeah. in a sense. People are reacting to that and saying we're going to double down. Yeah, it's interesting that obviously
0: uh, it's been suggested that Trump could actually be one of the best things for the climate movement because basically it provided uh, an against. Yeah. Because uh, And and has been shown recently by uh, Macron in France, is that he's decided to be the kind of the opposite to Trump by inviting American climate scientists to come and join them in France and funding that now actually it's very clever politically because basically what he's offered is a a very low cost on a grand scale of a a country's budget but the amount of PR he got out of it was huge right and so and he's positioning himself you know uh, I'm sure he's kind of aware of how much the Germans have been doing very well on this and the Brits actually are actually doing quite well on it yeah on a a uh, much quieter basis yeah. uh, but Macron's got the headlines and yeah. he's done a good job of that yeah. um, so then tell me because we've, uh, we've got f- f- five or six minutes left I think before we uh, need to start wrapping up tell me a bit more about the how uh, thi- which is the thing that you're really passionate about yeah. that's what I'd like to,
1: to leave people with yeah. um, at the end of this yeah and that was the whole point of the book and that was the whole point of doing the, the dinner debates around the world as well is yeah. to explain how, yeah. So, um, I, uh, right at the beginning, I described my career to you. And actually, before I was a designer, I was in the army for a while. So, I was in the military for a while. So, um, the, the how is based uh, on almost like design thinking. And you, and you read a lot more about this, about how you go from, you know, coming up with concept development to then implementation. And actually, that's how uh, you look at uh, uh, identifying defining and then finally implementing a single organising idea. Mm. And in the book I describe what needs to happen at each one of those stages Mm. and actually most importantly what it takes to be able to complete each one of those stages Uh, in detail with the challenges as well. I don't pretend, right at the very beginning of the book, I talk about, you know, single organising idea, idea not being a silver bullet, yeah, I don't think that you can instantly go, right, this, and this is going to change everything, that is just impossible, but there is no doubt in my mind, that having now done this tour, and by the way, the tour's going into next year, and uh, we'll go right through the whole next year, we've got workshops as well, these things yeah. uh, called uh, single organising ideas, spark labs that we'll be doing in the new year as well. But they, they all, all of it is geared around how you get through these different stages and including people right yeah, in the process. Yeah, sorry. Yes. come
0: what two points for those people that are listening. on a call back this uh, next year is 2018, not 2019. <laughs> <laughs> right. So because they might be listening know, to this listen in 2019. Yeah, that was <laughs> a day for me. Yes, um, but then the second <laughs> thing is. For those people who don't know, uh, because I understand it, but uh, many people others don't, what's design thinking? Because I I know it's a great concept
1: and it can really help drive organisations. But what is design thinking? Well, what I described there—that you know, there's the you you go and do the you know the research and the analysis if you like. I mean, design thinking—it's about what is the problem, but I need to go and investigate the whole thing. What are we trying to do here? And it's about gathering. Evidence, if you like, it's about get, getting research, doing your homework, and all that kind of thing. But it's also about including people in the solution. Yeah, so IDOs are a brilliant way of, you know, they go into hospitals and they, don't, you know, everybody sort of says, "Well, how are we going to redesign the ward?" Nobody talks to the patients. You know, the IDO would talk to the patient. It's that kind of thinking. So, so it's that, and then it's about coming up with concepts, coming up with options, if you like, and then developing what the best ones are until you you've got something very defined that you can then implement so you know design thinking is common sense right Anyway, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah and it cuts through all the jargon and all the nonsense and all that kind of stuff so yeah. but what you're sort of suggesting is actually the design
0: thinking is something that is uh, common sense which unfortunately sometimes isn't necessarily
1: applied it's not that common yeah yeah, yeah. common sense is not but there's lots of I, I think you know one of the things we, we get a lot of insights out of the uh out of the debates and that's what we wanted to do. And and what we're doing with these SOI Spark Labs uh, is creating workshops that get over some of the challenges of going through this process. You, clearly, you know, we have a system that we have because it suits people. Mm. It suits some people to mm. have this system, yeah? So you can imagine that if you challenge that system, if you challenge the status quo, you're gonna come up with hurdles and obstacles. And, and it's getting over those hurdles and os- obstacles, and that's what we're building into that kind of thinking, if you like, and say, well, how do you equip people to get over these hurdles? Because there's a lot of denial, you know, sort of denial going on. There's sort of then you get this kind of, yeah, okay, then maybe that's right, but then there's a kind of delay. We're not quite ready now. Yeah, yeah? and then and then even when you're doing things, we are. You know, I talk about it in the book, where you, you have people who out and out disrupt things mm. uh, to, not, to, to stop it from happening, because people have a vested interest. Some people, a, a minority of people, have a vested interest in, in the status quo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So the, and so can you give me then, uh, maybe final, we've got one or two minutes left, um, the like one uh, insight that you loved from, the,
1: uh, from your tour? I'll give you three. Oh, very quickly. quickly. Very, very quick ones. So Jonathan Glenny, who wrote the book, uh, the foreword of the book and uh, is the uh, director of Ipsos' Sustainable Development Research Centre, when we had the London debate, which was the very first debate we had, where he, Ipsos gave us lots of uh, research material. And in there, uh, one, one uh, stat was 37% of consumers want businesses to change. And Jonathan turned around and said, oh, my God, it's only 37%. All right. So that means there's a long way to go, right? Yeah. The second point is this: is that when we worked in Oslo, the hosts in Oslo did research amongst boards mm-hmm. to understand what they know about sustainability, and you know they know, don't know anything about it, you know, very, very, very little about it. Yeah, so they know how to run businesses from an efficiency point of view, mm-hmm. and then just uh, the other sort of big insight was this, and and this: there is nothing like a single organizing idea out there. Mm. There just isn't, right? And that's amazing. There, there is clearly the way that you run a business, but people are not talking, this is, and I was kind of, I am almost staggered about, I still am in a way, is that there isn't really a management tool like it out there. Mm. Um, there are people talking about purpose and, you know, there people talking about, but not actually talking about it the way that I'm talking about it and saying, yeah, just, here is a practical solution. Yeah, amazing.
0: Well, that's you, you went through those quickly, and uh, not by yep. a horse racing
1: commentator, but that was uh,
0: <laughs> nicely summarised. Right. Um, so I think that's unfortunately all we got time for today. So uh, I've really enjoyed listening to this uh, this conversation, and uh, I'm going to look forward to finding out more about SOI and seeing how that grows. Because if you're saying it's not out there, how do we get it out there? So hopefully this part can be part of yeah. uh, propagating that. Um, so, Neil, how would people find you? Where would they find
1: the book? Can you just give us some of the highlights? Right? Yep. yep. So you can find the book on Amazon. It's published by Routledge. Right. And, it, and it's called Core. The best way of finding them because there's lots of core things mm-hmm. on Amazon, yeah. So if you want to find it, use my name, okay. uh, Neil Gort. That's the best
0: way of finding and can it. Can you spell cause it? Because your Twitter handle is also your yep. name. So can you spell
1: that out? Yeah, so it's uh, N-E-I-L, Neil. And then Gort is G-A-U-G-H-T. And the very best place to find me is on link. I'm on Twitter, uh-huh. but I'm also on LinkedIn, and, and getting a huge following now. It's kind of really okay. kind of exciting and great. But all my blogs and things and videos and feedback from the debates and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff—they're all on there and the insights. And you know, myself and the partners that I'm working with will be using that LinkedIn thing going forward that's really good and that's you know just Neil got on LinkedIn yeah. Neil got great yeah. so you can find him there
0: and if you want to find me Adam Woodall um, you can find me on inspiring-sustainability.com there's the podcast there's articles there the information about me and you can also find uh, me on Twitter and LinkedIn same Adam Woodall um, all one word for uh, Twitter search me on LinkedIn and until the next time for the listeners and uh, watchers of for the live videocast cast. Um, thank you for uh, listening all the way through. It's been a delight to talk to you, Neil, and um, I will uh, be looking forward to reading and finding out more about a uh, single
1: organising idea. Brilliant. Thanks Cheers. for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks.